Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. I'm and Nigel show. My name is Nigel, Jerry Lopez, at Indie Spanglish. Filling in for Hammer, also joining us live in studio, the Gun Guy, Guy Relford, host of the Gun Guy Show Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. You're a Second Amendment att- attorney. Some might even call you a Second Amendment scholar. <laughs> well, some. And a licensed firearms instructor. How are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of the new, used, and historic firearms. Uh, largest selection in the Midwest. And they also have PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street uh, or at premierarms.com. So big news in the world of the Second Amendment. The Supreme Court is taking up a, a major Second Amendment dispute. And I'm reading about this and I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know about this. Let me, <laughs> let me, break, let me break it down and you tell yeah. me. So, so from what I gather, this all has to do with this guy beat up his girlfriend in Texas, threatens the shooter. So the court issued a domestic violence restraining order against this guy, which triggers some federal gun law that says you're not allowed to possess a firearm if you have a domestic violence restraining order against you, right? Exactly. And so then after that, the cops find guns at his house a year later, and he ended up going to jail for six years for that violation. Do I get, right. did I, is that kind of the synopsis oh, there? Oh, yeah. No, you, you did a great synopsis. And and so, so what's the issue, what, what's the issue here? Well, they, I don't they, like this guy. Understood. Nobody likes this guy. And the issue is that when we had the Supreme Court decision that came down last on Second Amendment issues, that just last fall, the, the Bruin uh, versus New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case, that they changed the test by which we decide whether a law is constitutional or not under the Second Amendment. And we don't have this balancing anymore where we say, well, you know, gosh, if the state or, the, or in this case, the government, the U.S. government has a compelling interest, like keeping people safe, then we balance that against how severe of, uh, evident, of an infringement on the Second Amendment right it is. And we have this balancing and, and we can say, ah, well, it's just a little infringement. And there's a compelling interest. So that's OK. And the Supreme Court threw that out in the Bruin case and said, no, there's no balancing. What this is, is if a given law is consistent with the text, history, and tradition of regulation in the U.S. on a a constitutional protection, if it's consistent with that, it's constitutional. If it's not, it's unconstitutional. So you look at text, what does it say? And then history and tradition in terms of how that right has been regulated and what limitations on that right have been upheld throughout the history of this country. So, the question of this case, and this is Rahimi, U.S. versus Rahimi, came out of the Fifth Circuit, which is, uh, I mean, it rose out of Texas, went up to the Fifth Circuit, which covers Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. But then um, the question was, 
is this when the well and the law is that if you're subject to a domestic violence order of protection, you can't possess a firearm. That's a relatively new law. It was passed by Congress to amend the 1968 Civil or Gun Control Act, um, but it was passed in the mid 90s. So that hadn't been around all that long. So what the Fifth Circuit said was, well, hold on, this guy's, and this is a key point, hasn't been convicted of any crime. Right. So the original crime. Of the, 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 you know, beating up his girlfriend or whatever. He did not get convicted of that, yet he was issued a restraining order. But there was a, what we call domestic violence. In Indiana, we call them order of protection. Can you, can you, you can just get one of those, Yes. Right? I could go down to the courthouse right now. Get one on me. Yes. And I could say, I could say, Jerry and I lived together. We're boyfriend, girlfriend, bo- boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And, and he, he's threatened me. He's beat me up and I need an order of protection. And, and if, and if, what I fill out in that application meets the requirements, I'll get an order. Now, it's called an ex parte order at the beginning. And then they have to give you an opportunity for a hearing where you can come in and say, no, this didn't happen, and bring in your own witnesses and and win or lose. But if we have a hearing and you're found to be, yes, subject to a domestic violence order of protection, now you've lost your Second Amendment rights. And so, and I'm forced to go defend myself against yes. any allegation brought forth against me. Absolutely. If I, if I just say, I'm not going, I lose my rights. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And if, if you have a chance to request a hearing and don't request the hearing, you've lost your rights. If you request a hearing... And, and lose. You've lost your rights. And in the meantime, the, and this is the key point, you haven't been convicted Correct. of a crime. Yeah. Okay? And But but you got due process in the sense of you got to go to court, you got to present your own evidence, you could bring a lawyer, you can confront the witnesses against you, you know, all those elements of due process we see in the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments. So, the question becomes is, and, and, and the reason I'm nervous about this case, and I posted on this today. Yeah, I saw that. Rahimi's a bad guy. It's a horrible example to use in this case. He's a horrible example. Yeah. And we well, the cops went to his house again um, because he, he had been alleged to be involved in shootings. Yeah. So right. they had this a warrant the... for his house a year later, and that's when they found the guns. Right. But keep in mind, if he'd been arrested and convicted of a felony for any of this, sure. whether for the abuse of the, the girlfriend or for being involved in other crimes, we wouldn't be here. The felon can't Because he can't, yeah. can't possess a gun if you're a felon. I don't know if they know that, but it is the law. It is the law. And so, yeah, well, I'm I'm, I'm fairly sure. I'm I'm fairly sure somebody would point that out to him at some point. So, so the the thing that makes a lot of us nervous as Second Amendment advocates, the thing that makes us nervous about this case is lawyers. Look, I've been a lawyer for 40 years. We have a saying and been around forever, which is bad facts make bad law. And Rahimi's a scumbag. Nobody's going to be sympathetic toward Rahimi. The, the the justices are going to have to sit back and say, how do we feel about the fact that someone who's not been convicted of any crime has still lost their Second Amendment rights? And, and that has to be based exclusively on the text of the Second Amendment. What does it say? Well, we have other judicial decisions like Heller that tell us what it says and what it means. But then secondly, what's the history and tradition of regulation of firearms? And here's how it's going to break down. The, the, the defendants is going to come in and say, this is easy. This is a brand new law. It was just passed in the mid-90s. There's no history or tradition here. We win. And the government's going to come in, and the, and the Biden administration had to make the decision to take this up to the Supreme Court. And they, they did it, I'll guarantee you, in large part because Rahimi's a scumbag, right. and they know he's not a sympathetic litigant. So then the government's going to come in and go, oh, no, we've had laws in this country forever, since the beginning, when some of the very earliest prohibitions of people possessing guns were people shown to, quote, present a danger to the public. 
in terms of people convicted of dangerous crimes. So the question the court's going to have to resolve is, well, is this more like just someone who's never been convicted of a crime, who just been accused of something, and then they had a proceeding about whether or not somebody just needed a protective order, or is it more like the prohibitions we've had since the beginning of gun regulation in this country, which is violent felons, for instance, can't possess firearms? And to be honest with you, I could see that going either way, even with this court. A lot of people are very confident, going, oh, no, text, history, tradition, Supreme Court's going to rule you know, in favor of Second Amendment advocates. Uh, but but, but I, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's more an even call than that. I could see it going the other way. And by the way, Jerry, isn't it funny that Biden brought this to the Supreme Court, right, when his own son was about to take a sweetheart plea deal on a felony gun charge? The Biden administration is all about gun violence, gun safety, gun this, grab your guns, get rid of the guns. But he was about, you know, the DOJ, the Biden DOJ. Uh, or the special prosecutor, whatever in this case, was right. about to give him a sweetheart plea deal that would have uh, nullified that felony right. gun charge and that Hunter Biden had. And he may still get it. Well, he might, yeah. We're going to have to see what so, the deal but is. Can, but then get this. He could then literally have the opportunity to appeal and say, no, this is unconstitutional, that I'm deprived, not only am I deprived of my ability to possess a gun, um, but that, um, but, but that I can, I'm going to go to jail because I just lied on a form somewhere. I mean, how is that? You know, and so you know, how is that history consistent with the history, the it's text, a, history, and tradition of U.S. government? So, Biden could Hunter Biden could avail himself of this same defense potentially. It wouldn't go anywhere because of a lot of reasons you probably don't want to go into. But but at this point, it's interesting that we have a case going up that is not sympathetic on the facts. Um, and then the question becomes, how broad is the ruling once that comes down? Yeah, this uh, this makes me feel weird, man. It yeah, does because it's 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 yeah. it, right now we're going to find out two things. One, if he wins this case, uh, it's a huge win for two A. Yeah, right. Still feels super dirty because he is the worst poster child for this case. Well, that that's true. But, but if they give it to him, that's a that's a stamp on on two way. That that is distinguishing conviction versus accusations it, completely. It is. But you know, with where he me being a dirtbag, um, what the court does with that, just the fact that they go, mm, I don't like this ruling because I don't like it applied to him. That's why whenever you see the statues of Lady Justice Right, she's got the Blind, scales. Yeah. What she got on her eyes? Yeah. Blindfold. She got a blindfold. Yeah. yeah. And when yeah, justice yeah, yeah, is right. blind, that's exactly <laughs> the concept. Yeah. Which is we're not looking at Rahimi. Going to test that. We're looking at the law. And we're looking at the intent of the founders when they wrote the Constitution. But this tests it. Yeah. And 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 I don't know that that any of us who really follow the court and understand the law in this area are, are feeling great about the fact they're taking this case. When can, you, can, when can we expect a ruling on something like this? Uh, be next year. It'll probably be next spring. We're going to have oral argument. Um, probably uh, late this year, and I, I would say maybe maybe even early next year, and then I'd say a ruling next spring or, or summer. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Monday, gun day with Guy Relford. Tell me what this means. 
The CDC said they are receptive to the Biden administration calls to frame gun violence as a public health matter. And I know even locally here, Marion County Public Health Director Virginia Kane has yeah. said she's considered sort of the same thing, but I don't know what that means or what that would do. Well, what it does is once they declare something a public health emergency, that um, that opens up some funds that they have available to them, some programs they can implement that uh, that they can potentially use, for instance, to have an educational program. Okay, you know, I don't see anything out. wrong with that. No, I don't see anything wrong with that either. I mean, there, there are a lot of things they can do. But what a lot of us are concerned about and what they've threatened in the past is that gun control advocates, people that want to you know, eliminate your Second Amendment rights, are frustrated that they can't get anything through Congress. They can't get anything to here in Indiana through the General Assembly. So a lot of them have, have gotten together and, 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 and thought, I know, let's just use the avenue of an administrative agency like the Department of Health or at the federal level, the CDC, and say, this is a public health emergency. And, and a, for instance, I'm just throwing out an example that people are concerned about. We're concerned about a public health emergency, and we think a big part of this comes from the evil assault weapon. So, as a matter of a public health emergency, we're banning assault weapons. Wow. They I mean, could that, do that? No, they can't do that because it's, it's purely but, legislative. It's something that has to go through Congress. But that's what the concern is. If, if it's the things that they can legitimately do through an administrative agency, things that are not legislative, right? Because who's that reserved to? That's reserved to the legislature in in Indiana, General Assembly, or Congress at the federal level. So if they do what they're supposed to do as an executive uh, agency, an administrative agency that's part of the executive branch, they can educate, you know, they can have other policies. That's all great. I have no problem with that. You know, educating people on on safe gun storage, I do that. I teach class. I wrote a book. On gun safety. Personally, here's an idea. The CDC, the first thing they ought to do is come order 10 million copies of my book, right? Gun safety for dummies. There you go. Come buy that, distribute that, you know, with every gun. I mean, that's- I swear to God, with a public health emergency, they shut down this state. They shut down the country. Right. The idea here is the public health emergency with guns is to get guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. They they shut down corporate America. Yes. Sure they did. Is that the idea here? It, like, what, what, in a roundabout I, way. Look, I'm sure if you ask somebody at the Brady campaign or the Gifford Center or Moms Demand Action, they go, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not publicly, but within their cabal, they would say, yeah, it's exactly what we want to do, right? Publicly, of course, they're going to deny it, but it, it's not something that it's a legitimate function of an administrative agency. That's why I think that's going to be shut down. At the federal level, I had I had Senator Mike Braun's um, staff in my office last week. Yeah, we he's were talking, doing something with this, He right? introduced a bill that said, hey, it's just what we're talking about. CDC, you do your job as an administrative agency. God bless you, but don't pass gun control. In fact, the bill says you can't pass gun control, um, which is legislative in the form of some agency action under the guise of a public health emergency. Nobody denies, me included, that we don't have too many murders in Indianapolis or in Indiana or at the federal level. We all acknowledge that. 
Um, but so, so yeah, if we can go out there at murders or accidental shootings, every time I get interviewed, I do it all the time. Every time there's an accidental shooting, somebody calls me and goes, guy, we want to we'll come do a, you know, from, from channel eight or wherever it is, we want to come do an interview on, on how people should store their guns. I always do the interview as painful as it is. It's repetitive because I want people to have the information on how to store their guns safely. So administrative agencies can, can do a great thing along those lines. They just can't do what the legislature has. Where can people find out more on the gun guy if they have any questions? You know, I'm trying to build my Twitter following, so Twitter, at Guy Relford. And then the show this weekend? Show this weekend, yeah. We're, we're talking a lot about the Supreme Court case um, that's been accepted. It's, it's Saturdays, 5 to 7, right WIBC. On. Guy Relford, thank you. Thanks, man.